What's up, guys, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Binge Mode made its grand return earlier this month, and Mallory Rubin and Jason Concepcion are deep diving on the Star Wars franchise, covering every movie, the newly released Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian, and fan favorite characters. You can check out new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. And up on the site, we have more Mandalorian coverage written by Micah Peters, Allison Herman, and Ben Lindbergh, as well as staff-wide surveys throughout the season. You can check it all out on TheRinger.com. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First battle season one champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The silver lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. It's is Jabril, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show. We are. Chock full of content today. We got my dear friend Dan Saint Germain coming up first to talk Survivor Series and NXT Takeover and CM Punk. Oh yeah, CM Punk's back. And then after that, uh, the acclaimed multi-hyphenate Open My Eagle will be on to talk about his new documentary Clapback and uh, and AEW and and why he's done with WWE for right now. Um, it's a lot of good wrestling content. So let's just get right into it first. Without further ado. Here he is, the King of Sad Style, Dan St. Germain. How you doing, Dan? I am well, sir. How are you? Fantastic. That's what I want to hear. Um, Survivor Series is coming up this weekend. It's like the weirdest Survivor Series of all time. No, I'm sure that's not true. But it feels very strange because we're in the midst of this sort of wrestling war. AEW's out here. Uh, WWE's, you know... Got got battles on a couple fronts. They're 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 kind of I, I guess the the internal battle that they're that they're pitching on Survivor Series is kind of legit for the first time in a long time because we really do have sort of a competition between Raw and SmackDown. But it's Raw and SmackDown, Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT, trying to get some publicity for their little upstart NXT Wednesday Night brand uh, on a national scale. Are you excited about this show? More excited than normal, shall I say? Well, I'm going to always start with the positive, David, because sometimes I come on the show and I get uh, I get shit for being too negative. So I'll start out by saying Survivor Series is always my favorite WWE event a year um, since I was a kid. I even liked that wild card one with like Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson teaming up back in the day. So like, yes. I know I'm going to have a fun time watching the show. And I know I'm going to have a fun time because I'm going to get to see Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. And last year, Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan was awesome. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited about the show. You know, do or do I? Am I confused about a lot of the decisions WWE has been making? Absolutely. <laughs> but <laughs> will I will I watch it on Sunday for sure? Let's just jump straight into the card because there's so much on this card, and I think it'll help us figure out a little bit what's going on. Um, 
So uh, the first thing, I'm just going to go in uh, Wikipedia order here, or reverse Wikipedia order. Uh, the first, uh, the, the last thing, the first thing, whatever, is Adam Cole uh, is taking on the winner of a triple threat match from NXT War Games. And I guess we should talk about War Games, too. We'll get to that in a bit. But it's Pete Dunne versus Killian Dane versus Damian Priest. This feels sort of like a Pete Dunne spot to me. I'm not exactly sure. But what do you think about how Adam Cole... And the Undisputed Era have looked in their few appearances on... Well, that's going to be... I didn't even know that that was going to be on the show, so... They just added it, yeah. They've been building Adam Cole up as the top NXT guy whenever they've been invading SmackDown and Raw. And we're going to see him in an NXT match on Survivor Series. So I'm already a little confused. <laughs> because I thought that that was the one thing. I understand having Brock and Ray. I understand having Daniel Bryan and The Fiend, but I thought that they were going to have Adam Cole lead the charge as far as the NXT team is concerned. Um, yeah. No, because so we don't I, even know. Don't know. We I'm don't know who again, team... I'm not trying to be negative. I'm sure that that triple threat match is going to be very good. Everybody in that match is really good. And I'm sure that um, technically, you know, Pete Dunne versus Adam Cole, if that's where it ends up going, which uh, honestly, that sounds like uh, the most logical outcome of that triple threat. Technically, I'm sure it'll be a great match. Do I think it's going to get like the response that it would get at full sale? Probably not. Um, will those guys probably be a little bit not off, but you know, not as in as they will be because of that? Probably not. I mean, probably so. So, yeah, I'm not totally excited about that match, but I'm sure Adam Cole goes over. I mean, the, the NXT TakeOver War Games uh, 2019, I believe is the full name, uh, is itself yeah. sort of a weird, it's a weird, it's going to be a weird match. It's going to be awesome. I mean, uh, no, no, I've, you know, very little has a reservation when it comes to TakeOver events. But it's the night before an event where the NXT crew is actually wrestling. Um, so, uh, it, you know, I don't know if they're going to have to, like, keep some in reserve in the in a war games match so that a lot of these people will be able to perform well you know impressively the following night or whatever but we have but there's you know a women a four and four women's war games match a four and four men's war games match there's matt riddle who was in that war games match got pulled out to go one-on-one with finn balor because johnny gargano got hurt um so that finn balor's sort of big nxt debut has a little bit of the shine taken off of it and then there's this triple threat match for the uh, for, for the shot at Adam Cole, which you're right. I'm not exactly sure why he's not leading the N- team NXT. We don't know. He might be leading to next team NXT. I mean, if he can work two matches in two days, no reason why he can't work three. I guess. Um, but I, I I'm we'll, sure we'll he can to- work three. You know, he doesn't work. I mean, he works. He, he put he does some crazy spots in the ring, but he doesn't work like like unsafe either. I don't. I don't. I don't I, I don't get nervous he's going to break his neck every time he wrestles. But, you know, I really, I, I, I say this as someone who's 240 pounds and every once in a while goes to the gym. <laughs> well, I don't worry about you breaking your neck either. Yeah. We got, you mentioned him. We have a couple of, uh, we have a couple of straight up championship matches. We have uh, the Fiend Bray yeah. Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan for the Universal Championship. Um, I feel like, um, I'm very excited to see this match. I I guess my I, I guess with like we basically got like a six month build for the fiend before he wrestled for the first time, and so now I feel like anything that 
doesn't give us months and months of just like crypt, uh, cryptic backstory is is a little bit of a letdown uh, storytelling wise. Well, but these guys yeah. have a backstory, so. Well, look if if if, uh, if anybody can get a good match out of the Fiend, it's Daniel Bryan. The best match Bray Wyatt has had, if you don't count uh, that fast lane where it was the Wyatt family versus the Shield, which mm-hmm. I still think is probably the best match he's been a part of, yeah. uh, was a month beforehand when it was Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt at that Royal Rumble that Batista won that set up, you know, the the miracle on Bourbon Street. So I think that um, you're gonna uh, see probably the best match he's had as the Fiend. Uh, you know, I don't know how you guys have been covering the fiends. I mean, I love, I love Firefly House. I love Bray Wyatt hinting at the fiend when the fiend shows up. Uh, the red lights, all that kind of shit. I think it kind of gets in the way of the match, and you know, the the invincible style is also kind of gets in the way of the match in a way that, for some reason, the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar's hasn't. Um, but you know, I'm hopeful. Because I, I really can't think of a bad Daniel Bryan match in the past. I can think of like you know when he was first starting when he came back, he clearly wasn't the old Daniel Bryan. He he had to re- he had to wrestle a different way. But you know the stories that he tells in the match now, you know he's definitely more story based than he used to be before his injury. So hopefully he puts something together with the Fiend that makes sense, but doesn't turn into a fucking cartoon either. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about that match. Yeah, I am too. I mean, I guess, I mean, the, the other thing about Daniel Bryan, and we talked about him wrestling Brock Lesnar before, you know, Daniel Bryan, because he's a great storyteller, because he's a great performer, because we care about him so much, he's he might yeah. be the best, he might be the best in the world at uh, performing in matches that we know he's going to lose. Because he, he can actually sort of get you invested after a few minutes, you know? I mean, like yeah, he can, I, he can I, draw. I, mean, I think there's an argument to say he's the best in the world as a wrestler right now. Yeah. I mean, I know Osprey is, you know, technically wowing everybody over in New Japan, but as far as like bell to bell and, and making a match important, I don't, I still think he may be the best. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think that there's, I mean, you can, you can, you can definitely make that case, um, which is, which is, crazy considering all the time he took off i mean he came back he didn't really miss a beat um i mean and now he's just like yeah a kid in a candy store imagine how like imagine how f- mad we would be if this era of pro wrestling with all these indie guys getting called up all these japanese wrestlers on the roster and daniel if daniel bryan wasn't around if he was like still stuck on the sidelines all and now we, we kind of get these dream matches and we had it uh it would be the story of chris saban man yeah i guess that's true you know? <laughs> Um, if you want to like, cause I, I was looking back at his matches last week and I was like, God, this guy was on fire before WWE realized this was the way to go. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that really missed out because I mean, they were just Amazing like red. half, yeah, half of an era too early. I know. I know. It's, 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 it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Um, well, so. I mean, there's that match. I, we don't. I mean, you don't. You're not. I'm not going to hold you to picks here. But do you, do, I mean, I, I feel like this is a Bray Wyatt win. Absolutely. I, I hate it when announcer. I hate it when people say this because I think it's a it's a cop out when they're like, they don't need the title. But Daniel Bryan doesn't need the title unless he's a heel and he can help pull somebody, put somebody over. I mean, he's kind of in that Shawn Michaels spot now, right? On his yeah. last run. Uh, you know, my, my complaint about this 
storyline is there, and it's my problem that I have with WWE a lot is there wasn't a real clear face turn. It was a slow. It's been. I guess it's. He's not. I don't think he's back with the yes movement yet. He hasn't made his decision. He's still like debating with Nakamura and Sami Zayn. You know whether or not he's going to join that faction. He says that he won't now. But you know, with with heel turns, having it build slowly kind of works, as we saw with MJF and Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, it didn't build slow if you just started watching Dynamite. But if you've been watching for six months, it was a pretty slow heel turn. Uh, face turns, there still has to be, you can build slowly, but there still has to be that big moment where it's like, hey, I'm a fucking face now. And I think that when Seth Rollins first came back from injury, you know, because I loved Seth when he was a chicken shit heel and he was oh, yeah. uh, authority Seth. But when he came back and it was, I think it was the end of the Roman Riot range, AJ feud, and then he ended up fighting, fighting Roman and winning the title money back on Ambrose. I think it was a you and me last night at Blake's house in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem with Seth at that time was they didn't know, you know, whether the shit or get off the pot. So, like, he kind of was just kind of a heel until Triple H turned on him. Yeah. And then it, it just wasn't well done. And then, you know, what, <laughs> I mean, now it seems like Seth's the heel, whether he realizes it or not. And I say that in a way... <laughs> And I know I'm starting to get off topic here. I say that the way, no. like not like John Cena and Roman. Like I think Seth, Seth is definitely a heel right now. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um, and I think, I mean, he, he's in a tough spot. I mean, the thing with these face turns and heel turns is that it's not even it's not even that they, it's not that they don't. I don't know. I mean, I, it does take you know it's a slow progression sometimes, but it feels less like a deliberate progression and more like. Like with the Kabuki Warriors, it's like they turned him heel and then they just like brought him back out the next time as baby faces to try to do the heel turn better. And then they like didn't feel like they nailed the landing that time. So they did it again. And I, and I guess you could read that as a slow build, but it really just felt like a bunch of false starts. And then finally they're like, okay, dudes, these are heels, you know, just like get used to it. Um, yeah, I feel like that's what it was with Seventh as a face. There's a few false face starts and then he got over on his in-ring work, and then as soon as they put the strap on, people were done. <laughs> well, uh, as much as I love, I mean, I love Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, and Sami Zayn together, and, and Cesaro, if he's a buddies with them now too, all the better. I mean, if, if Daniel Bryan were to need a bunch of friends to hang around with, that would not be the worst crew, although storytelling-wise, it might feel a little bit redundant. Um There is, uh, Nakamura is in a, uh, is in a triple threat match uh, for the kind of mid-card champion division uh aj styles mm-hmm. u.s champion aj styles versus nakamura your ic champ versus roddy strong north american champ from nxt it's a brand supremacy triple threat match this could be the match of the night i agree i'm reluctant to put i'm reluctant to to, to assume that nakamura is going to be in the match of the night because i feel like i've been burned by making that prediction 500 times but um uh, but man, Roddy Strong and AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura—I mean, that is a trio uh, to throw together in a match. That's a hell of a group. Yeah, look, I mean, one of the matches that we really remember in Nakamura's WWE run, his NXT match with Sami Zayn, he had a match on SmackDown with Cena, which was awesome, and his Royal Rumble win. Right? Has mm-hmm. there been any other match that has, has really stood out since he's been in the company? I mean, I think I think part of the reason is that he's wrestling a different style than he did in Japan, 
which is a good thing. You can't wrestle a Japanese style on a WWE schedule. Yeah. Um, but, so hopefully, because of the triple threat rules, it gives him time to... I'd rather see Wes of Nakamura and make it spectacular than have, you know, uh, him be the workhorse in that match. I'd love to see Roderick Strong take that position. My prediction is that AJ Styles wins because uh, I think that's going to be the one Raw win of the night and they're going to get a lot of wins to SmackDown because they're trying to get the ratings up on Fox. So, But I do think uh, this one AJ walks away with. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good call. Um, you know, Nakamura needs some wins, but he can eat this one. Um, and it could just be Roddy Strong taking the pin, so not a big loss for Nakamura. Um, I think that's that that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but regardless, I'm very excited to see what happens here. The other singles match of the night um, is, you mentioned it earlier, Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. No question about who the baby phase and who the heel is here. It's a no-holds-barred match. So Rey Mysterio is going to be swinging a steel chair left and right. Um, what, what, what is your expectation here? I know you're excited. I'm excited too, but I don't quite know what I'm excited about. Is it? Are we going to see... Uh, you know, a three-minute kind of schmoz as some Brock Lesnar matches are want to be. Um, is this going to be just a just a f- pure, um, you know, bats and steel chairs sort of like mm-hmm. gimmick fest? Like, what 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 do you what do you expect from this match? You know, I I think that it's going to be Ray beating the shit out of Brock in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um. Then Brock gets a comeback. Then maybe it turns into like a tradition. Then Brock starts be you know like kind of doing the Brock thing, and then Ray come, has a bit of a babyface comeback, and then Brock beats him, um, and then maybe goes after him even more after the match because this has been personal. Uh, I, I would think it's going to be more like the Finn Balor match or Royal Rumble than it would be. I think it's going to be better than the Finn Balor match, and I really like that match. Um, that it's going to be uh, Daniel Bryan because Survivor Series, the whole, the reason that match was so great last year with Daniel Bryan and Lesnar is that, you know, Daniel Bryan is like, okay, they're not going to get the match that they wanted, which was, you know, a face Daniel Bryan versus a heel monster Brock Lesnar. So I'm going to make this match about my character. And he somehow got heat on himself and then was able to wrestle a great match still. Uh, So, yeah, I think that, I think Brock has a lot of respect for the older guys. Like, if you saw how he sells for like Taker, you know, and how he oh, sells yeah. for, for, and, and I think he, he likes working with smaller guys, you know, like for his sure. real duds and matches have been like against Braun. And I mean, Kane too, but Velasquez, but that really, that's, that's not the same thing. Or, or, you know, that, that triple threat he had with Big Show and Kane, those are his real, his real duds. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think I think that you know, and I th- I think you believe you know Ray with a weapon is you know Bruce, Bruce Brock without a weapon is even though that's not what what you know that's not a special requirement in the match, but you know it's it's, it's somewhat believable. And also Ray doesn't when you see Ray in real life and even on screen, he's I mean look man, he's not the Ray Mysterio at WCW anymore. Somehow he found a way to bulk up in his diet, you know. <laughs> so. Uh, I you know I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun it'll be a fun spectacle. I hope it goes along because it's definitely the thing I'm looking forward to the most. But it kind of reminds me of like when Sean and Jericho had those matches in like 2008. You know, 
like two guys who've been around who probably wrestled. I'm sure Brock and Ray have wrestled before. I think I was out of wrestling a little at that time. Um, oh yeah. But uh, you know, I th- you know they both know what they're doing. And I don't yeah, think... they absolutely do. And I think you're right about Brock and the respect issue. I mean, I think this is a match. Um, this is a match that he. I mean, it, it's safe to assume this is a match that Brock wants. Um, and is excited to, to wrestle and and uh, dude, he is and, selling like crazy for Ray, and he's mm-hmm. getting hit by shit. Like if you compare compare that to the match he had in thirty two with Dean Ambrose, you yeah. know, like he's acting like Ray Mysterio is like a Jedi with this kendo stick, like it's a lightsaber or something, you know, it's or whatever he what is a pipe? I forget what he's holding. Yeah, but it's really entertaining to watch, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, same same here. Um, that could be. I mean, I'm I'm very much looking forward to that, and also just because I think it's sort of like, you know, gives us a window into uh, sort of the path forward. I think Brock's gonna win, um, but you know, but they've, uh, I guess, what they do with Brock Lesnar on Raw, um, now that he's back there, it, it's gonna you know mean a lot to how Raw does in this kind of battle against SmackDown. I mean, this is sort of sneakily like the biggest brand warfare or brand supremacy, you know, storyline they have going because Brock Lesnar could mean well, everything to Raw, but, you know, it depends on how much he's going to be around. I mean, this is where, you know, I, I have to start to get a little bit negative. Um, you know, the draft, I, I don't think was well done. Um, no, some people were so drafted well. to the shows they were already on, which is like something that Alvarez has covered and, so, you know, uh, I, I I just think that, like, the real story of this pay-per-view is WWE versus NXT. So when they're mm-hmm. like, ooh, the Raw teams are announced, or the SmackDown teams are announced, I don't really care because you guys just did the draft and you had the wild card rule before that. So I kind of just see it as one big company and the title changes. NXT is the only thing I see is different. And even then, you know, some of those guys, you know, have like Gargano and Ciampa wrestle on wrestled on uh, WWE and on NXT television in 2018 and 2019. So it, it's that I think that that's where it's like, you know, I loved, and I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, a lot of who, whoever was co-hosting and and you, I, I loved the. You know, when there was the travel issues in Saudi Arabia and NXT invaded SmackDown, I thought it was a great show. I thought I think yeah. WWE is always a, always the best when they have their backs up against the wall. They don't have as much talent, and they think they do, so they do something different and surprising, and also something that makes who they have look good. Um, but sure. I, I don't really see like the end of that. You know, the pull apart of Raw on Monday. I just don't. You know, I was like. Oh, those guys are on SmackDown. <laughs> you know, oh, those guys are on Raw. That's kind of what I got from that, rather than, oh shit, you know. Um, I could not agree more. I mean, I think that the big I say I've said this before on the show, but I think the biggest, in retrospect, the biggest failure of the wild card rule and everything else they were, you know, all, all the the confusion of the draft is that, you know, we're gonna get some. I mean, theoretically, there we could have much better storytelling in this new era of of the brand split, and there's a lot of certainly a lot of positives people are going to be getting a lot more opportunities but because they had the wild card rule and all that sort of confusion for so long this like huge moment of the draft execution aside 
ended up just kind of meaning that like you only get to see half of your favorites on each show, right? I mean, it it actually served to sort of like diminish this. Or the perception could be that it diminished the product on a you know show to show basis because the brand if the brand split is is tight. But anyway, I guess we'll see now. All, all this, all this, you know, we, we the the brand versus brand brawling, as weird as it's been, has at least sort of disguise well, that point I mean, for a little while. I think what, and also to add to this confusion, Vince is a guy who has repeatedly said, not, not himself, but almost everyone surrounding him has left the company, that he changes his mind on a whim and he doesn't remember the last three weeks of what happened at Raw. And now, Vince has a boss. So you have the confusion of Vince over at Raw and you have Fox being like, we want a sports-based product. Actually, no, we want The Fiend on our TV. So you yeah. have like, there's just like, there's a lot of chefs in the kitchen right now, which, you know, uh, uh, you know, so, sometimes that works out. But I, I think I, you know, maybe when the dust settles, they'll be able to figure out which parts go where. But you know, it, it, it's it's made the brand split very confusing. I, I don't understand why people are fighting for Raw or why people are fighting for SmackDown. I understand why people are fighting for NXT. We're the young guys, you know? We're taking yeah. the old crew down. That's the story that works. It works on the wire, you know, when Marlowe goes after the Barksdale crew. But that's awesome. But, uh, it, it, which is like, that for, by the way, the most hipster thing that I could say. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't really, you know, it, it doesn't really work when, when, when we've seen, like, people bounce back and forth from show to show. We've seen the champion switch, you know, and one of the champions switched without Fox's consent. He was just like, I'm going to be on Raw now so I can fight Rey Mysterio. Yeah. You know, which, which helped with that feud, and I'm excited for that feud, but as far as, like, what the brands are as a whole, I, I don't, you know, and then you have, and then you have, you know, the first Fox show is you open with a promo. I mean, I'm going back a little with The Rock and Baron and Baron Corbin and Becky Lynch. Now, Baron Corbin and The Rock, great. You know, The Rock is a staple of SmackDown. He got it started. Corbin is your, you know, one of your top heels on the show. But then Becky Lynch is going to go right back to Rock. She's the Raw champion, even though she's been on SmackDown a couple times since then. So it, it, it's hard to really invest as a team Raw versus Team SmackDown, Team NXT, I am excited to see just how the match works. Like, it's not going to, I don't know, do you know the rules as far as like, because I really tend to hate triple tag team matches because, uh, you know, a, one tag team is completely on the outside of the ring. And I'm like, why, does it, why isn't it just triple threat rules? That would be so much cooler. Uh, yeah. So I hope that they're doing triple threat rules. And then I'll just shut my mouth and enjoy a fun match. But I, I, I just, I, I don't know how they're playing this match. Um, I guess we'll find out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a lot of weirdness going on. Let's get through these matches real quick. And, and, the, and, um, and then also the fighting in between. And, and, this, and this is very relevant to what we're talking about. And on every show having, you know, you know uh, Seth Rollins versus, you know, uh, Almas, which is a great match. But, you know, uh, having that and then having, you know, Shorty Gable and, you know, feud with uh, Baron Corbin. On that. It's like, so are we telling that story then? The SmackDown and Raw can't get their shit together? Like, what's, what, what story are we telling? 
I mean, if yeah. NXT wins, dude, then I'll shut my mouth. If NXT, but I don't think they're going to win. I think SmackDown's going to win. If NXT wins, then I'll shut my mouth. Then the story is, you know, they couldn't get their shit together. You know, they could say that maybe in hindsight or something. Uh, you know, but right now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a little confused. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if we you want to talk about this big, the the you know the the men's uh, Royal Rumble match, uh, or so, sorry, Survivor Series Triple Threat Elimination match. Um, they're calling it a Triple Threat Elimination match. So I hope that means they're three at a time in the ring. Um, yeah, you know, it wouldn't su- it wouldn't surprise me if we got the payoff of Kevin Owens flipping and joining Team NXT. It wouldn't su- surprise me if we got a flip. But going back to what you said about Lesnar leaving SmackDown, I thought it was just such a missed opportunity just to say, I mean, because we had. Wyatt winning the title, and you know logically as a wrestling fan, non-kayfabe, that the that this is the way their mechanism for flipping the two champions, right? You you have one championship swap, and then the other champions like, now nah, I'm 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 switching shows. But I don't know why they couldn't just for thirty seconds just be like, we don't know what's happening. This is a real this really messes up our brand split pl- split plans, and then just have somebody come out and say like, we've formally made a trade, like we're swapping these two, you know, these two wrestlers. Like it's it's very very simple. Um, well, it's un- unfortunately, you know, it's, it's hard for them, you know, they, they, I can't believe I'm saying this, but they needed like a Jack Tunney figure at Fox rather than yeah. the, those comical, like bullshit, like war room, you know, with the NFL robot in the room, like all that stuff that was going on with the trade, you know, they, they could have had, you know, they should have had something that was a little bit more, you know, bring on like a really boring Fox executive. To just be like, or a really boring USA Network executive, because that's what really the feud is, right? It's not WWE versus WWE; it's USA versus it's NBC yeah. Universal versus Fox. <laughs> that's the, that's I know. The I mean, that, that's just it, and 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 plus, it's fake, so you can actually just like indulge in that. I mean, maybe I don't know why. What what the? I'm sure they have some reason they're not doing it, but I don't. I mean, why? Why? I mean, maybe it would mess with their stock prices. But what if WWE was just like, yeah, whoever has better ratings by by like the end of the contract, we're just going to put both of our shows on their channel. You know, just like make it actually a competition. Right? Why not? Um, and like and going back, so to- much money in that Fox deal, and they're going to do whatever whatever Fox says. I think yeah, this is the first time in Vince McMahon's life where he really doesn't have the same choices he used to have. That's my opinion. I think- I think that's true, and I think I've said this. I think that maybe they WWE or Fox underestimated the 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 challenges of you know actually making a big change with WWE. We'll see, we'll see. Um, yeah. Uh, so in that men's and match, also you pre- executives who don't, don't know wrestling, so they could be fucking shit up too. You know, <laughs> that's, who knows? That's always possible. Um, so in that men's match, you're picking SmackDown officially. I'm picking SmackDown just because. I think SmackDown's gonna win. The executives of SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, SmackDown's right. <laughs> I like SmackDown I mean, that, that, if, for, if for no other reason than for Roman Reigns standing tall at the end. Um, I I like that. Although for some reason I feel like this is gonna end in some sort of double reverso thing where like the, it ends up Bish being faces versus heels. It's in some big brawl at the end, and we get Rollins and Roman Reigns like high fiving at the end of the match or whatever. There's going to be something like I mean, that's but but if I have to make a pick, I'm going to go SmackDown too. And then the uh, women's match for the uh, the 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 five on five women's Survivor Series triple threat elimination match official name. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know Team NXT in that one either. But I guess both of these NXT teams are going to be kind of decided because they're all they in might a war games match. So NXT has to be like, oh, we got to promote this goddamn war games match. Yeah, <sighs> NXT, and then Triple H said in his in his conference call. His press call. I think that they were they were going to announce that one member would be a surprise the night of. So maybe they're going to announce. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. I, maybe they're going to announce some of them tonight. Maybe they'll announce some of them on Saturday. I don't. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, well, I guess they're setting up for a major shock. Like who's going to be? Maybe, maybe you know. I, I could. I could see Triple H putting himself in there. Um, yeah. Um, you know which. I don't know. Maybe that would make it more interesting. I'm not. I'm, would, I, I, the, I know that some of the internet would be annoyed by that, but who knows? That would be great if it was just the NXT, like the the, the NXT trainers, or like the the backstage NXT personnel or the entire team. It's just <laughs> yeah, HBK. He made, he made he made everybody from old DX uh, NXT yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have like Lord Tensai is coming out, and like Norman Smiley is on the team. Like that's I would I would seriously I would pop. love that. Uh, that that would be fantastic. <laughs> Um, yeah. So what do you? So you think on on the women's side, do you have a, do you have a pick for this, Ross? Uh, the Charlotte Flair. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with SmackDown, man. Yeah. I think SmackDown's gonna leave with you know brand supremacy, and and um, then you can tell the story of you know Oscar screwing Becky over or something. Uh, I am I am more convinced before TLC. Yeah, I think that that's. I think that 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 makes a lot of sense. Um, and then, I mean, the the women's championship match that's going on. We have Becky Lynch versus Bailey versus Shayna Baszler for the uh, for just for a brand supremacy triple threat championship sh- thing. I mean, uh, I well, forget what I just said then because I screwed that up. Uh, oh, but because because Oscar will said Becky is not going to be in that women's match. Oh yeah, you said you said um, you said so Becky Lynch. Sorry, to be, yes. So, the, so that for, forget what I just said. I totally forgot that we were having that triple threat match. Um, man, this one's tough, right? Because you'd want you'd think Becky is going to win this. Uh, I say, I, you know what? I'm going to give this one. I'm going to give this one to Baszler, and I'm because I'm gonna, I'm going to say SmackDown is going to win both elimination matches. I'm going to say Raw wins the mid card match, and I think Baszler. Winning this triple threat makes her more important when she, you know, eventually goes up against Becky. Yeah, I I think that I, I was gonna say the same thing, but I'm not exactly sure what the Shayna Baszler timeline is, especially now that NXT is on the network. And I mean, she was supposedly the one that got sort of the most. She they had the they had some really big plans for her on the main roster that got totally thrown out the window when they decided to make NXT a, a network show. I mean, a, a USA show. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if that means she's not getting called up. I have a heart. I feel like, I feel like it's easy to like. I, in a vacuum, I would say that Baszler wins, and then we can pencil in Baszler versus Becky at WrestleMania or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, but, I think we'll probably still see Becky versus Ronda at Mania. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I think I think Ron, Ronda will the be next back. Night Baszler, you know, was gonna avenge Ronda. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine. I can't imagine they would be. Booking Shayna Baszler out that far because I do think the specter of Ronda Rousey is real. I mean, I think she'll be back, and and uh, or at least they have reason to believe that she will um, around that time. But anyway, yeah. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Becky Lynch here just because it's just the easiest choice. I think when you have a star that big that that they clearly acknowledge as a star that big, um, 
just you don't you don't overthink it. You can book it in a way to make everybody look good, but but have her come out. Maybe, on top. but you know, think about think about how many times Austin lost to Triple H when he was the hottest uh, wrestler on the planet. Yeah, valid point. So, um, so, again, so what you're saying is. Man, so. <laughs> so what you're saying is go with Triple H, and in this case, that means go with Shane and Baszler. Uh, we, the only thing we didn't talk about <laughs> yeah. was the, the only thing we haven't talked about is the tag team match, the Viking Raiders versus the New Day versus the Undisputed Era. Um, I'm not sure. I I I, I have no idea what's going to happen here. I'm, I'm going to go with the New Day. Well, just originally, again, I was going to say Undisputed Era. Um, one of the, but um, I think the New Day. Maybe, now, now that I'm changing my mind on the women's match and giving it to Baszler, I think the New Day will win. I, all I just they just kind of tell some sort of story with New Day, man. I mean, they get it that Kofi's a little bit upset, you know, about where he is. Um, but uh, yeah, they just got to tell some sort of story. I I agree. That, I agree. That, that's I mean, what that... I hope. I just hope the New Day's story has progressed during the uh... match. I think the biggest problem with where they are right now is that the the Survivor Series is the story. You know, every all the other stories are sort of ca- half cast aside, um, and we'll see if they actually if they actually t- make this a worthwhile story. If we have somebody that flips and joins another team on the show, then this is a story mm-hmm. worth telling. If everything is forgotten the day after, then you know, I'm it just, all it was was just a sort of exercise in tire spinning. Um, but so that's that's that show. It's going to be a good time. Before uh, before we get too far away from it, I want to talk about uh, war games. I don't know what there is to talk about that we haven't mentioned already. But um, the two war games matches are, um, well, I mean, maybe I don't want to say thrown together, but you know, the women's side is just sort of like a, you know we're picking teams to play kickball sort of situation. Um, Baszler right. didn't. Baszler didn't even pick her, you know, cronies to be in the match. It's Rhea Ripley yeah, against Larray, they, Tegan you know, Knox and me. That, and they brought up a good point. They're like, yeah, they're waiting for Ronda for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so. And this is a good spot for Io Shirai and Bianca Belair and Kaylee Ray to, to you know, to you know, flex their muscles. Um, I don't know exactly what they're doing, but this feels like a Rhea Ripley standing tall at the end thing. Um, I, I, I could go, I could, I could be convinced of absolutely anything, though. Yeah, I, you know, she's so great. Um, that, uh, that that seems that seems like where it's going, but it, it's so tough, man, because there's so many storylines going on at the same time that you're like. You know, like, oh, war games, so it's going to be all those four horsewomen? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, did they break up? No, they're just keeping that on because they don't want to blow their load here. Also, Bailey's going to show up every once in a while and beat the shit out of people. It's like, it's all over the place. Yeah. Like, like, I'm glad they're doing a women's war game match, but, like, putting war games and Survivor Series against one another, because it wasn't like war games, the WC, or or Survivor Series is the answer to war... Like I don't know if they were their answers, but it was like it was kind of similar in the sense of like you know WCW has war games, WWE has oh yeah for sure. And now that you have them night after night with the same people, you know, I don't know if you can have your cake and eat it too with these. But look, I'm sure it'll be fucking great wrestling. You know, war game. I don't love war games matches the way other people like war games match. I actually like a traditional Survivor Series match better. 
Um, but like, like I thought, I, I thought I was thinking elimination chamber matches, and then Kofi's elimination chamber match last year was one of my favorites of the year. So. I know, I know. I, it's almost, it's almost like ridiculous to break down NXT takeovers because it's just like this is going to be awesome. It's just a ma- like, but it's impossible to really predict how the men's side of the War Games is undisputed era versus. Oh, this is the one. God, I messed that up earlier. This is the one that I think Triple H said is going to be a surprise until the last moment. It's Champa, Keith Lee, and Dijakovic and mystery partner, who a lot of people had predicted was Damian Priest, but apparently that's not a given. Uh, maybe they're going to mix it up. Maybe they'll introduce somebody new again. But and then, um, I mean, that feels like, you know, it's sort of when Matt Riddle was in that spot, that fourth spot. It was sort of the Super Friends, and mm-hmm. you could, um, you could kind of imagine it going either way. I don't. I really don't know what to predict here. I, if you don't, if I mean, if you want to make a prediction, go ahead. But I'm, I'm throwing my hands up. Uh, Jordan Miles. No, uh, my, <laughs> I. I have. I have no idea. I mean, it could be. You know, like they've obviously been. You know, since Triple H has been like, you know, been the serpent in the garden with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, maybe it'll be a guy from the main roster that he's just bringing there. But maybe it's Kevin Owens. Who knows? He's not. He's not doing enough. But I thought he had a great match with Drew McIntyre. But what is he doing storyline wise now on a Raw? Well, you know, one I, person. I don't know. One person that a lot of people are going to guess uh, that is definitely not who this mystery person is is uh, CM Punk, who made his... No, they're not. Nobody's going to... People really that, think it's CM Punk. That was a segue. That was a segue. Come on, you got to give it to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> CM Punk made his made his triumphant return to pseudo-WWE oh, television yeah. on Backstage last night. Did you watch Backstage? I did. I watched... I, at first, I thought it was a half hour, so I did miss... There was like one segment I missed, but... Um, I saw the interview with Renee Young. I saw the disaster that was the promo competition. <laughs> and I saw him speak at the very end where he calls out Tom Arnold that has a Freudian slip and says Seth Rollins, which is a match literally no one's asking for. Uh, this one is going to be very hard for me to be positive about. I can give you my one positive thought on it, and then almost everything else is going to be me shitting on it. Okay, do it, do it. Okay, my one positive angle was I was like, the first segment wasn't bad with Renee Young. He came out, they did the thing. It wasn't great. They did the thing where they showed him secretly getting there, which, you know, and him talking about a big moment, which you kind of got to do as you're introducing a new audience to him or whatever. And then he talked about, hey, I'm not an employee for WWE, I'm employed for Fox. I can say anything that I want. And, you know, and then he talked about the bright spots and that, and I was like, okay, well, maybe this will be cool, man. Maybe he'll like just every week. Like, we're not going to get that. We're not going to get him returning, but maybe he'll just say he'll say something, um, you know, and that it'll cause you know, and the ratings for WWE backstage will go up, and he'll have an opinion, and then you know, Fox will be like, well, if the ratings went up here and people like him, why don't you guys use that angle on SmackDown? But then we got to the second segment. <laughs> which was David Arquette cutting a promo uh, clearly with lines that weren't written by him were written by probably some really good LA comics uh, that he fumbled. Uh, no offense, David, um, <laughs> you know, and him, and, and him, you know, then judging this promo class, like a Simon Cowell. So I'm like, okay, so yeah, you're not kowtowing to WB anymore. 
but you're kowtowing to Fox, and this is the shit that they like, which is that American Idol mass singer bullshit, which, you know, and that, you know, like for me, I'm not interested in that. Maybe some wrestling fans are interested in that. And then Booker T did a promo, which was good, and then it just turned out to him being a really nice guy at the end. They're like, oh, that sucked too. And then they screwed the coach even more by having CM Punk cut his first real promo in years, if you don't count his, you know, Cole Caban interview promo, which that's probably the best, you know, the biggest, best promo he's ever done. Um, he cut it on fucking Tom Arnold. <laughs> and then made a Freudian slip about Seth Rollins, which is a match literally no one wants. The, Nobody yes. wants Seth Rollins or Seth for CM Punk. That's not a match anybody wants to see. Uh, I don't think that match uh, is going to happen. So, I mean, I, I mean, this is, if anything, this is CM Punk trying to work or trying to, to what, work, work uh, CM Punk into a shoot or vice versa. I mean, he, he was trying to get him back in the fold. I think the frustration, it's really, really interesting. The biggest frustration that a lot of people are feeling with CM Punk, and you did a good job of sort of explaining pieces of it, is that he's being wasted. Like we wanted him back so desperately, but what we, but we didn't want him back in some kind of superfluous role. And, and the expectation is going to be that he's on, on the way back to the ring, but he's, I mean, who knows anything can happen. And, and he's certainly closer now than he was a month ago. I mean, just, you know, he's, 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 uh, physically and, and, and now spiritually sort of invested in WWE, but he's, but he's not lying when he says that his matches, when his contract is worth Fox. Uh, I know he tweeted. Uh, he tweeted he's something. Nice. and he's going to do whatever the fuck Fox wants him to do because you know what he really wants is to do coverage for the Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah, that's what I took from that episode last night. I was like, "Wow, this guy really wants to be a hockey correspondent." Uh, you know, maybe you will someday. Maybe you will someday. In the meantime, he tweeted something nice about Renee during the show. I can say th- that that she is the MVP. I mean, if you're happy that CM Punk is back, thank, thank, thank Renee Young, because he's, he is still, he is there, I think in large part because, well, I'm sure there's a lot of money in his bank account. There wasn't before, but also because he felt comfortable. He feels comfortable with Renee. And, and that's really big. Uh, from what I understand, Moxie will come, uh, that prison beat his ass. I don't think that, that, that's not the implication that I was going, that I was making, but but, uh, duly noted. They're all friends. Um, and then, and, and, and seriously, it's, I mean, punk, I, I thought punk was good. I mean, I thought I like, I'm excited to have him talking about WWE content. Uh, and especially if he's not going to pull any punches, I mean, if he's going to be rough on Ellison, he, he, he wasn't, I'm sure he'll, he'll have opportunities to do. He was rough on David Arquette and Tom Arnold. That's who he was rough on last night. Well, he also, he was rough he, on. Everyone's rough on David Arquette. Yeah, no, no. He he was he made some comments, some anti WWE pro I mean programming comments, and, and he'll have the opportunity to do more. I mean, I think right now you you know, you know that first segment when he hinted, you know, everything's overproduced, the same problems are there when I left. But it's like, okay, we'll get into the weeds a little bit. You know, the next time you're there, know your shit more. You know, like tell tell us why it's not working. You know, yeah, I, I just broke down the confusion between SmackDown and Raw. Like, get into that. Don't just say some generic, eh, not for me. Like, you're looking at apartments or something. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I think that I think that a lot of that comes from CM Punk not being fully immersed in the in the product yet, and him probably being playing a little bit 
being a little bit cautious with what he says. Um, <laughs> but that said, it's going to be an interesting journey to watch him do this because, you know, he's he hasn't been watching. He hasn't been invested in it. And, and it'll be, you know, if, if, if there's any chance of him coming back, it's going to be because he he sits up there and gets the bug by talking about jabbering about wrestling every Tuesday night or whenever he's on the show. Um, it's listen, it's weird that he's back this way. And it's super weird when you realize that he's probably not, that his plan is not to come back to the ring. Um, but you know, it's kind of cool that he's back in a very general way. I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'd rather hear him talk about what WWE is doing than, you know, just some other former wrestler. Uh, who is who? Who no, I feel? Who, that, well, that's what I was saying. You know, that first segment, I was like, okay, he's not coming back in wrestling. He's not going to pull punches. And literally, it's just him sitting down with Renee Young every week in the ring, just talking about wrestling and what works and what doesn't. That's something I could probably grow to like and even love. But you know, a promo class where you're just beating down an already beaten man. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like, 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 like you know, like, yeah, like criticizing David Arquette's promos is like criticizing No Way Jose's gimmick. You know, you're like, yeah, everybody, you know, you're you're kind of kicking somebody. You know, it's not a fair fight, man. And then, you know, at the at the very end of it, it's also it's just it's just not a pipe bomb anymore, man. It's just not. You no, know, this isn't punk rock anymore. Uh, no. No, that part's Just tell true. Just what you actually think. Be the Charles Barkley of uh, FS1, you know? I mean, or those, you know, sometimes on those sports shows, they have to do dumb shit, too, so. Well, I think that's <sighs> it. I, th- I think there's going to be, I mean, they, they do entertainment, sports entertainment in a different, with a slightly different definition, but they're trying to entertain there, too. So we're going to, you know, promo. Yeah, I, I prom- am giving WWE a hard time, but, you know, watching, like, NFL, like, you know, the NFL coverage and in the middle of it having four guys throw a football in a fake field in suits is really weird to watch too. Um, that is definitely true. Uh, and I just hope we get more of the Fox robot. Cletus, the Cletus, the football, the NFL robot. He, he should, dude, you want to talk about a dream match? Brock versus the NFL robot at mania and Tampa. People in Tampa would love that shit. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Boat. (laughs) (laughs) Boat. Just just throw, just like throw a gimmick. I say triple threat. The fiend, NFL robot and Brock Lesnar on the Pirates of the Caribbean pirate boat in Tampa. That is the most Florida and wrestling thing to ever happen at the same time. <laughs> um, all right, we'll book it. We got uh, WrestleMania. We're gonna look. What did we book today? Ronda it. Rousey, Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch, and uh, and and, well, and uh, Brock Lesnar versus anyway, Cletus the robot. And and the Fiend have them all together in a pirate boat in a Hell in a Cell. Shot in red, um, and uh, and and Seth Rollins versus CM Punk too. We'll just throw that in for fun. All right, I got to get out of here. Thank you so much for All doing right. this. What do you want to plug on the way out the door? Thank- I want to plug uh, Total F and Marks. It's my wrestling podcast. We'll be having one coming out tomorrow night. Uh, new host Scotty Chaplin. Who, you know, if you think I'm a prick, man, Scott Scott makes me uh, look like you know, I don't know, Kathy Wee and Hoda. Um, but it's a it's a fun episode. It's a, it's a fun show. It's getting traction. So check that out. And I have a bunch of live dates in December. Um, I'm going to be going to the Philly Punchline. I'm going to be going to, for one night, I'm going to be going to Vancouver 
yuck, yuck. So I'm going to be at the Agramon Inn. I'm going to be in Frederick and my website. I'm going to be at the Comedy Well, this comes out Wednesday, so I'll be at the Comedy Cellar for the White Shows this weekend. And you can check out all my tour dates and my albums on dancingtermain.net. Didn't get the .com yet. Somebody, somebody is holding it hostage. I think WWE trademarked dancingtermain.com. That's okay. Maybe so Cody, maybe Cody Rhodes will get it back for you someday. Someday, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. Excited about Survivor Series, and I will talk to you very soon. Thank you. And now, as promised, the one, the only, Open Mike Eagle. I am now joined by the number one multi-hyphenate in the world, I believe. Open Mike Eagle. How you doing, man? Uh, I don't know. Donald Glover might have something to say about that, man. Um, well, you're the number one multi-hyphenate on this podcast. That's right. On, on the Ringer Podcast Network this week. I'll go with that. Um, you are, I mean, everybody listens to the show has heard you, heard you on here before, I'm sure. You're a big wrestling fan. Uh, a big, uh, and, and at this point, um, something of a wrestler yourself. Um, we'll get to your uh, documentary clap back in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we were talking before you came on, and I know that, that, that WWE is not, uh, not in your regular rotation anymore. Yeah, it's not a part and of my life no more. I'm not allowed to stop watching anything, and nor do I want to. <laughs> I love professional wrestling, every little bit of it that I can get. But does it? What, what is it? What does it feel like? I know you're watching a lot of AEW. I'm sure you're watching some other stuff. Like what? What is filling your the 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 wrestling quotient of your uh, of your you know dinosaur brain right now? Well, for a while I had nothing, um, and I think I kind of needed that because. I was on such a steady dose of Raw and SmackDown weekly for years and pay-per-views for years. So when I decided to stop, I needed to kind of stop watching everything for a while to completely kind of just flush it out of my system. And um, the fact that AEW wasn't really around at that point made that a little bit easier. I didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't feeling compelled to go seek out Ring of Honor or, or Impact or uh, any of the other things that were available. So I kind of just stopped cold turkey for a while um and then was really excited to learn that AEW was going to have a weekly show because that's kind of me finally getting my my weekly fix back in after a while did you uh so you've been so you've been watching AEW what's your what what is your overall what's what's your what's your big takeaway so far you have any favorites on the show yeah um hmm any favorites i always look forward to seeing Moxley out there i think he brings like this kind of energy and and a style that conveys a lot of energy without having to kill himself every move, mm-hmm. uh, which I appreciate. Um, but I like everybody on the show. The interesting thing for me, okay, you have a you have a child. I have a I have a ten year old, and um, he has just this year with the advent of AEW. This is the first time he's been allowed to watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. So his takeaways are what are what really killed me. Like, Hell yeah! What, really, what does he think? Like so, you know, in his eyes, right, with no prior knowledge, he thinks Darby Allen is a way better wrestler than Kenny Omega, like <laughs> way better. Yes. Yeah, he's yes. he's all in on Darby Allen. He thinks Kenny Omega is a little bit of a loser. Well, that's the way they've booked him so far. We it got long term storytelling going on, which you know a lot of people have been asking for for a while. Does he get hyped up for anybody else? Well, he thinks uh, one of his one of his uh, best quotes is that he thinks uh, Chris Jericho is the Thanos of AEW. Yes, and he means that very complimentary. He means that uh, in, in the highest in the highest order. Um, 
Here, here I, yeah, go ahead. I, well, my stepson's 11, and a, 11 years old, just turned 11. And I know he saw, I mean, I know that we saw Avengers Endgame together, but the, but the degree to which Thanos is just a cultural touchstone for mm-hmm. him and all of his friends is, has, is been sort of shocking to me. But I think that's actually the right comparison. And also Jericho seems to be like, steadily mutating into thanos in real yeah. life too yeah, so physically like dimensions, uh, yeah, dimensions yeah. So. <laughs> um but yeah that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a really good take yeah uh, actually um my, i had said that my kid had said that on the uh tights and fights podcast that i am on sometimes and they isolated that clip and tagged jericho in it and he retweeted it happily so he's <laughs> he chris jericho's down with being seen as thanos for sure that's fantastic um well, listen, we, we just got all, I mean, we, we didn't have an episode last week, uh, you know, real life intervened, but mm-hmm. so we haven't really talked about full gear. I know that, I, I know that you checked it out. Uh, you, you know, I agree with every, with what you said about, about, uh, John Moxley. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. He was one of my like guilty pleasure favorites with WWE because I always kept on hoping from to t- turn the corner sort of, and that's not on him, you know, right. I mean, we, as we all learned, there was a lot of other stuff going on. Um, but he's certainly been given the platform with AEW and he's just, you know, grabbed that brass ring or whatever you want to say. <laughs> he, what you said was right. He conveys a lot of energy without actually, you know, killing himself every time. But at full gear, he and Kenny Omega had a sort of like shockingly brutal unsanctioned match. Um, it was one of those things where like <clears throat> there were a lot of very divergent reactions to it. I know mm. Dave Meltzer was like said he hated it and, you know, and then he came back and he said, no, it was, you know, it, 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 I didn't, it wasn't my favorite, but I loved the way the story they told. A lot of the old school guys were a little bit out on the, on the violence. If you were like watching Renee Young's Twitter feed live during the match, you oh, could see that gosh. she was like, I mean, you could like feel the terror coming through uh, as anyone would in that situation, you know, watching their, their significant other just like take a back bump onto a bed of barb suspended barbed wire. You know, I've seen, um, I've seen clips of that match. I haven't seen the entire thing. I've only waited to watch like the first three matches of full gear so far. But let me ask you as a person who's seen, um, thousands of hours of wrestling how brutal yeah. was how brutal was this match like i mean we're talking like ecw brutal we're talking like uh you know mick foley death japanese death match brutal like like there was a there was a little bit of a japanese death match vibe to it in the sense that like i don't i mean man i'm i'm going to i'm 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 going to say some things that are certainly wrong here but it wasn't one of these matches that sort of like building up to the one big spot you know mm. it wasn't like it wasn't like we have a bag of glass and the entire match is teasing up until we get to the bag of glass. And then we're going to do a bump on the back on the glass once we spill it out. Like it was just like a consistent like like drum beat of like of of crazy shit that they did one after the other. And it was like they they did a really good job of showing you the the real stakes of this. Right. I mean, someone okay. would like swing a barbed wire covered baseball bat and you'd be like working through in your head how they gimmicked it and then they would just show a close-up of somebody's back and it was like no that wasn't gimmicked that was just barbed wire tearing its skin um and yeah i mean it's that's that's why that's what it was making me think of that foley stuff and obviously it's not as 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 like i mean the foley stuff in my memory was like reckless in some ways but there was was sort of exploding stuff was on fire but there was a sort of like methodical element to the recklessness it was like yes this is super dangerous but we've done this before we know the best way to take a back you know take a a bump onto an exploding you know bed of nails or whatever and and uh there was a little bit of that vibe to it man i mean it was i guess the biggest difference is when you're watching those old 
Foley t- or anything, any kind of like deathmatch on YouTube, it sort of has the vibe of watching a snuff film, like right. something really. T- I mean, you know that Mick Foley's going to survive because he's around, but like, and 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 uh, we'll talk more more about him when we talk about your documentary in a sec. But we know that Foley's you know survive survives, but like there's a more of a comfort watching it on AEW and mm. no, and there was never a moment where I was like, Oh no, something terrible is going to happen. But it was just like the, it was a severe discomfort of like, I mean, it was just, they were just bumping onto glass, bumping onto barbed wire. I mean, and it was, it was a, it was the two of them were in it together, you know, every step <laughs> of the way in some ways it was more like, it was like, you know, it was, there was a positive affirmation to it in that sense, because like there, they weren't, it wasn't one guy saying like, okay, you can throw me onto the glass now. It was like, we were both going to just take a ridiculous bump. I, and uh, I, I wonder, it was wild. I wonder, and, and I was thinking about this. Um, was it all out when Sean Spears hit Cody with the chair? Is that? Uh-huh. Um, and how that seemed to, in some ways, be a statement AEW was making. Like, hey, we're going to do really hard chair shots to the head. Um, and... My assumption would be that they made that statement or made that choice because they felt like that's something that people wanted. And I guess I'm wondering that with this too. Like, are are they doing the hyper-violent match occasionally? Because they've done a lot of like unsanctioned matches kind of week to week between Dynamite and AW Dark too mm-hmm. to kind of help set this up. I mean, so are are is this a company mandate where they're thinking, okay, what fans really want um, is the occasional very, very violent match because... WWE yeah. hasn't been offering them or is it just something like the individual performance? I think that they definitely see that as a lane, uh, you know, since WWE isn't doing it. I also think that there's what we see in, in AEW and you can consider this a big distinction from WWE in a lot of ways too, but it's sort of like, you know, it's definitely, I would say that the people in the people in control at AEW, the brain trust over there are much closer to their to their times of being wrestling fans uh-huh. and the people running WWE. And that that's not to diminish sense. any, like that's not to dimin- diminish the intrinsic fandom of Heyman or, I mean, Triple H, Triple H. I mean, I've said this before, but you ever get Triple H in a, in a moment alone and he will talk your ear off about just like local East Coast wrestling from his childhood. Like he's a wrestling fan, you right. know? But like, I just think that there's an element in AEW where, they're, where they want, they they grew up watching some of that stuff and also they don't want to like they know that's a tool in the storytelling you know toolbox and i think that in some ways if i mean if, obviously if the fans were united against it and they're like we don't want to see this that wouldn't be a, you know they wouldn't they wouldn't even mess with it but i do think that they're interested in sort of expanding the vocabulary back to where it used to be hmm. of like how to tell stories in pro wrestling and this is one of those things and it, and also when you're watching a long show and we've all had those experiences watching WWE pay-per-views where it's like an hour and a half, two hours in, you're just kind of exhausted. And I think that they're just interested in kind of keeping things different and mixing things up. And there is that, I mean, that's why I think it evokes some of that old ECW vibe because there is the violence, um, but it's also the variety that you can right. have, you can have the bucks and, you know, and, and, and that, you know, in a brutal death match on the same card. Right. You can have a Lucha style match. You can have a death match. You can have a couple yeah. different ladies matches and it's all on the same card. Yeah. I got to be honest when I was, you know, I've, I've said it before when I'm like introducing people, when, I'm, when I pull up YouTube clips to show my coworkers or my friends or whoever wrestling clips in this, like in the past couple of months, there's been a, it's been a lot of AEW tag team matches, mm-hmm. you know I mean? That's like, that's, it's a great entry point. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this, if, if that Moxley Omega match made it into the rotation too, because like, that's what it used to be. You know I mean? Not, I mean, for years when people were just like, 
come on wrestling i would just be i would just queue up hell in a cell on youtube you know right. <laughs> i mean right. just like hey guys watch this um so we'll see well i mean i i'm i'm happy i i think i think that once a once a promotion gets defined by that kind of that kind of you know ultra violence and that's it's that's just a, it's a net negative but you can but if you can throw those things in as just like a way to settle a feud and you know i mean listen dusty Rhodes bled a whole whole lot yeah you know? rick flair yeah for rick sure. flair yeah i mean i mean there is i mean i was i went back i don't know why it came up recently but i went back and watched i don't know if you remember but when the um the road warriors like tried to put dusty's eye out with a spike from one of their shoulder pads back and like and it was in like the end of it was in the 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 studio show like <laughs> there were like 50 <laughs> people there watching it and uh, and could Dusty you I think got somebody, fired. Or could Dusty, you imagine Dusty if somebody lost. tried to do that on NWA Power right now? Tried to put somebody's eye out. <laughs> yeah, That'd exactly. be incredible. Yeah, I mean, and Dusty lost the book, I think, because they were trying to like cut down on blood then and like all this kind of stuff. But like that, that kind of stuff happened, you know. And I think that that as long as it doesn't become what we all think of when we think of AEW, I think they can. There's a way they can use it to a positive end. But you know, if that's not your cup of tea, I think that's fine. I think what AEW's really allowed. I mean, even in the context of their own shows, you can have stuff that you're into and stuff that you're not. There's going to be mm. people who aren't into the Bucks, you know. There's going to be people who, oh, you aren't mean Jim into... Cornette? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, I think that, not, but not. I mean, in their shows, but also in the the giant, the bigger wrestling world. I mean, now we got. I mean, you mentioned Impact and Ring of Honor. You know, New Japan is all over the place, and WWE's WWE's functionally like three different shows now. I mean, you can you got you 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 have to pick. You know, NWA, you mentioned, uh, you, you have to pick and choose. And I think that, you know, that's one of the cool things is right now you can be like, that match isn't for me, but I still have four hours of wrestling to watch this week, you know, <laughs> the stuff that's exactly for me. And, uh, and, and that's, that's pretty cool. What do you, so, so let's talk a little bit, a little bit about your foray into okay. the wrestling world. Um, I know this stuff, the action of this documentary happened last year. It did. But I've just seen this documentary for the first time. It's called Clapback. It starts off you responding to a an OVW wrestler named Shiloh Jones, who is sort of like, I mean, it's, it's, he's sort of like a like like your mom's idea of what a ra- white rapper would be, right? Like a real bit, like also just a dick. Yes, and he sort of just called out a bunch of rappers, uh, tagged some people on Twitter. You responded. And why don't you just tell us the story? So, yeah, um, he's got his gimmick, which is being a terrible rapper. And he's really good at being a bad rapper. And in uh, OVW, it's, it's been a great way for him to get heat. And um, in trying to, you know, garner attention for his gimmick, he started doing these pre-match videos where he would just start calling out rappers. And he was taking the extra step of going on Twitter and tagging said rappers in them. Um, and he tagged me in one and, um, I don't know, you know, I guess, you know, he, he, he does this assuming nobody would respond or hoping somebody would. Uh, and I, I definitely did. And, and, and I think that me loving wrestling and kind of understanding it as much as I did, like, yeah, I'm responding to it, but I'm also like, huh, like, is there a way to, to, to ratchet my, ratchet this up and get myself, um, involved in it somehow and we kind of start this back and forth that is very public um and he starts making these videos and he starts tagging all sorts of people who i follow and it becomes this kind of 
big uh, war of words. But the whole time, um, Al Snow is watching it because Al Snow runs OVW. Mm-hmm. And um, as this thing is kind of building up, um, I start kind of back channeling with Al Snow and how to how to uh, make this into something bigger. And because he's seeing that it's it's bubbling up a little bit, he's he's very receptive to it. And then, um, you know, things kind of go from there in terms of uh, building up a story and, and kind of paying it off with with a match ultimately. And then you guys finally got in the ring. Um, what was it? The what? What? What was the big anniversary they were celebrating? It was at their one thousandth episode of television. And there were a lot of big name or let's say notable wrestlers on this card for sure. I know that especially you, that ones this, with connections to like OVW and Louisville. Yeah, of course. I mean, I I'm, I was born and raised in Louisville. Didn't actually go to. I mean, don't, haven't been to OVW live, but I've always had a very special. I feel like there's a connection there. But Jim Cornette's in there. Mm-hmm. We mentioned uh, Mick Foley pops up. Um, uh, Billy Gunn. Yeah. Like there, there are some, there are some like serious wrestlers that are around. Uh, uh, who you know, Tommy Dreamers in there. I mean, there's there's a, there's a bunch of names. Um, first of all. Is Al Snow, I mean, how how gigantic is Al Snow right now? Because every time I see him online, he looks like he's added 10 muscles that I didn't know existed. He is gigantic. Like, it's kind of weird, man. Like, he's got got 37 more muscles than he ever had (laughs) when he was, like, on top of the world in WWF back in the day. He's a giant man. He's a giant man. Yeah, he's, I don't, I mean, I remember he was one of my favorites when I, as a, you know, when he was wrestling. And I was just like, man, if he just had the body of whoever... You know, if he just looked like Val Venus, yeah, he'd be now, a world champion. Does. And then and now he does. Now, yeah. he, now he's twice as he big as Val He waited till he retired and became a booker <laughs> to, like, to bulk up. It's like people when they get divorced bodies, man. It's 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 really something. <laughs> it's really something. Oh, man. Well, um, how can people check out this documentary? Well, currently it is airing on my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash open mic eagle and being released uh, in episodic fashion, there's six episodes total. So we started putting it out three weeks ago and we got uh, three more weeks to go. So if people um, become a member of my Patreon, they can watch it there. Um, and and I know that you have a lot of stuff going on at any given time, but is it, what else do you want to plug while you're here? Um, well, I'm always doing music. I'm always doing shows. Um, I have a television show called The New Negroes of Baron Vaughn on Comedy Central. Um, yeah, music stuff's all the time shows all the time so um you know twitter.com slash mike underscore eagle is the place to find out more information about all of that stuff the great thing about comedy central in general is that they understand the internet and all of this there's like so much good stuff from your show available online um i don't know if i even if i even texted you or emailed you at the time but uh fonte is like one of my personal favorite artists and modern in the modern world and and his appearance on there with you when you two guys were were, were going back and me. forth was incredible nice yeah i mean um i've been a fan of his for many years as well uh and and that's part of the awesome thing about being able to do that show is that we had comedy central money so we were able to get uh all of my heroes <laughs> <laughs> on the show uh so we got fonte we got method man we got mf doom um we got lizzo we got a, we got a bunch of folks and and we made some pretty interesting um, uh, comedic rap music with a message, which is what I'm always aiming for. And yeah, all that stuff's available on YouTube if you want to check that out. Everybody check that stuff out. Last thing before I let you go, 
I know you're not watching WWE. Uh-huh. Survivor Series is this weekend. Interesting. Uh, did you hear that? Did you hear that CM Punk is back, but he's back as a as a studio commentator on the new FS1 wrestling recap show? Yes. All of my interaction with WWE's a WWE news right now is people being angry at stuff on the internet about it. Is uh, <laughs> it's, it's just people uh, like somebody will be trending because they got beat too fast in a match. Or um, in this case, people were very excited at CM Punk's return. They were, especially, they seem to be very excited about hearing uh, Cult of Personality again. Um, but this is him doing a backstage show. And is that going to be the extent of it? There was a tweet yesterday where he was going at Vince McMahon and Tony Khan. What is going on here, David? Please explain it to me. I, that Twitter thing that happened yesterday, it's one of those things that like, I, if, I'm, if you're not on Twitter at the moment, it takes so much work to actually like retrace the steps to yeah. figure out what was happening. But it looked like CM Punk was just like, yeah, wrestling is kind of wild right now. It's like I'm catching up on five years and tag Tony Khan probably just to like raise people's eyebrows and Tony Khan just like comes in with a steel chair out of the back. And he's just like, yeah, you guys were like stuck on a runway in Saudi Arabia and somebody else went at him or Randy Orton. Somebody went at him and then he went at Randy Orton, who's just been, I mean, listen, Randy's out there living his best life or like (laughs) something approaching it. So like, it feels like it's okay for him to sort of be a punching bag right now. He just signed a giant new deal with WWE. He's oh, he good. signed again. I thought he was. I thought he was uh, playing against each other with the. Possibility well, that's just it. And then I think that's why Tony Khan was was sort of like sort of you know uh, sensitive about the whole mm. thing. Is he was just like I thought you were you know you're you're if you're done using me for leverage. I thought you only tagged <laughs> me when you were using me for leverage. And he was like, Nah, if I wanted if I actually wanted a contract, I would have tagged your dad or you know I mean, just like they were going wow. hard at each other. Um, but the whole point is that, uh, yeah, CM Punk is back, um, making everybody like kind of like getting their feelings on Twitter for whatever reason. And, uh, it's sort of, it's a weird thing, man. People are, people are excited that he's back, but it is just a studio show. I mean, he's got to deal with Fox. He doesn't have a deal with WWE and every, I mean, I think the biggest problem is. Well, one, there's the there's the naysayers out there of I'm friends with a, a number of these people who were really mad that they would have that WWE, you know, whether or not Fox is involved, that WWE spoiled his return by putting him on a network, I mean, on a studio show and not right. just like having me a shocking return as a wrestler someday. But also that he's uh, I mean, now like the CM Punk chance just ended like we just got wow, over that yeah, that phase uh-huh. in wrestling fandom. And now it doesn't matter how how loudly he protests that he's never getting back in the ring. That's all. Like the Royal Rumble next year is going to be one hundred. Oh all God. it is is people waiting for CM Punk to come. Well, out. here's a, here's a question. So the CM Punk chant just went away. Is there a new WWE audience troll chant? Has has it's one AEW? Taken his- oh, it's really? A, it's all it just- AEW. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it hasn't it hasn't oh, caught on to amazing. the extent. I mean, I guess there hasn't been a lot of big moments, but like right when AEW started, it happened, and, and I think that I think it'll continue. I mean, there's. It's going to be AEW, I think, until, I mean, I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of NXT traction, but that's, I think that AEW is just a great sort of like trolley FU sort of thing. Nice. At some um, point, it'll, at some point, AEW probably get replaced by like Rollins sucks, you know, like, <laughs> like the fans will fully turn on Seth Rollins, but like right now, yeah, it's it, people, people are more interested in, in AEW. There's a dude, there's a dude sitting front and center in the camera on Raw last night wearing an AEW t-shirt. Amazing. Um, so, question you know, though, people the, are into it. This backstage show that CM Punk is on. So he's, uh-huh. in this tweet, he's saying, um, there's a bunch of crazy stuff going on in wrestling. Everybody's, I'm going to, you know, nobody's safe. I'm going to talk about everything. So is he saying that on this FS1 show, they're they're going to be talking about AEW like and I haven't I don't I haven't seen this show so I don't know 
what the format is, but it's been going on for a few weeks now, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been on for a little while. And is it have they only discussed WWE stuff so far? Yeah. I mean, okay. basically, the from what I understand, and I've talked to some people who are doing it, um, it really is pretty no holds barred. Now, there, you know, I think that they that there's a you know, that I, I can tell you this: there's no one at WWE that's like watching that show before it goes out on the air. I see. Um, they have a lot of input. You know, there's a lot of back and forth and stuff, but like. I think that Fox really wants this show to be smart and to be and to be real uh, in a way that like wrestling fans can, you know, are going to be into. But um, but the I mean, I, but AEW is not not a thing they're interested in talking about as far as I can. Interesting. Tell. So, I mean, it's kind of like the Wild West days of the WWE Network where they'd have those shows with like JBL and Rosenberg and just saying a bunch of shit that wouldn't make sense if you were like kayfabe only. Is it that kind of thing? Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. I, mean, I think that there's, I think that they, I, I mean, I'm sure that AEW, I mean, I, I know AEW has been kind of alluded to, been mentioned and stuff like that. I just don't think that we're ever going to see the FS1 show be like, you know, have a segment that's like this week in, in the elite or, you right. know, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, nothing, I mean, I know it's crazy. I know it sounds crazy. Everything in, everything in wrestling is a work. I know, but like CM Punk, what the you know him saying that he can he's only there because he can say whatever he wants and whatever I mean that's he's he's telling the truth I mean I don't know at some point they might just like pull him off the air but like you know they're in they Fox wants the show to be like what we want the show to be so we'll see we'll see how it works out hmm. we'll see how much truth they can tolerate when does it come on because I heard nobody's watching it well okay <laughs> it's on Tuesday nights we should watch it uh it's just you know it's it, it's doing it's I think it's doing okay numbers for FS1, but it's just, you know, not wrestling fans aren't used to going to FS1. So, True. you know, it's a matter of just like getting it in front of people's faces. But and, and also it's a matter of them, you know, breaking some news and like doing, you know, finding ways to get people to watch. I think putting CM Punk on there is a pretty good start. But we'll see. We'll see. Everybody should check it out. Open Mike Eagle, thank you so much for coming on. Oh man, yeah. Any anytime, man. For sure. Uh, we'll have you back really soon. And uh, everybody check out Clapback. Check out everything else this guy does. He's 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 one of the good ones. Uh, we'll talk to you real soon, man. Have a good one. Take care. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Masked Man Show. 